Ava Talks, inspiration for creating a sustainable and fulfilling life. Hello and welcome to our podcast series, The Return Home, with our special guest Eva Wiebrecht. Eva Wiebrecht is the director of the International Virginia Satir Institute of Germany, international speaker, trainer in the generative change work developed by Dr. Stephen Gilligan and Robert Diltz, and she also facilitates systemic trainings and workshops using the generative systemic satire model, Ericksonian hypnosis, generative coaching and generative trance, as well as somatic integration and movement approaches. In today's episode of the Return Home podcast series, we address the topic of nutrition and share with you several mindful ways of nurturing not just the body, but also your overall health and well-being. Enjoy! Hello, Eva, and welcome back to our Ava Talks, the Return Home podcast series. Hi, Alina. Nice to see you back. We continue today our journey with another topic that hopefully is of interest to all those listening, because it sure it is for us both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the, the topic of nutrition and how we take care of ourselves through nutrition, how we actually nurture ourselves through our food, but not only the food we consume, but our daily habits and daily practices. Yes, to me, nutrition is a really important topic. And it's almost as if we are beginning to summarize some of the chapters we started to unpack um, before. Because to me, nutrition is, is intimately connected to my body and my well-being in my body, for example. And to give you a personal story that we touched a little bit, in my growing up, um, I had challenges related to my colon. So nutrition was a, is a subject that I had to put my attention to. Um, actually, in in the times when I was chronically um, going through these different cycles, I had a medical doctor who was putting me on a diet. And so there were a lot of things I couldn't do. For example, um, I was supposed to only drink water, sparkling water, but put the bubbles, like squirrel the bubbles out of the water because they wanted the ingredients of the sparkling water to keep that, but not the bubbles because those would create discomfort in my body. Then I was mostly eating rice, pretty neutral, just with a little bit of salt. That's all there was. And my diet was really, um, I want to say really boring. It got to an extreme where I just felt such a discomfort with the unpleasurable experience of food that I began a journey where I felt I want to add in food. I want to add in drinks. I want to add in something that I feel more um, curious about that would give me more, more comfort and more aesthetic pleasure. And it took me on the journey to, to mindfully pick nutrition that I felt I could test out and then sense if my body would be able to digest it really well because digesting was the issue. 
And interesting, it, you know, I, at some point I noticed, oh, if I, if I let my body choose to find the right nutrition, um, there were times when I felt um, honey melon was something I really desired. So I started to eat honey melon and I digested that really well. And it, it, it sat well with me. It, it was really comfortable. There were times when I felt, oh, hummus is something I'm enjoying. And, and it was, I guess I was in the United States at some point, and especially in the vegan places, there were a lot of hummus, variation of hummus. And somehow that seemed to be appealing. I had never had hummus before. And I started to buy it and it was a new taste, was interesting. And I realized I was eating it and my body really liked the hummus. So I started to go on this interesting journey of, of I want to say, mindful eating to really have my body decide before I cognitively did choose, oh, this is what I want, or this is what my medical doctor is advising me to take. And um, the way I was making the decision was by body reaction. So my body would, for example, signal me a yes. And that way I was making the choice, oh, this melon, hummus, these type of crackers, and then there was avocado. And, and, and so I, I developed this idea of mindful eating, which is very subjective to my body type. So I, I didn't follow a certain diet that was given to me. It was much more a very subjective search. And I realized that with this change of nutrition, I felt a lot more healthy. I felt a lot more energy in my body. And I felt also emotionally much more balanced. So somehow in an interesting way, this health crisis that brought me on a journey for nutrition invited me to mindful deciding what to eat, what to take into my body, and then have my body as a main authority kind of give me feedback of what is sitting right with me, so to speak, and what are the impacts how do I feel emotionally? What are the thoughts that are coming um, connected to the diet? And also, how do I physically feel in terms of energy level? And I just realized um, that certain food was giving me different energy level, was giving me different vitality, and was also giving me a very much different emotional balancing state. And I thought, hmm, that's really interesting. Um, so I've been on this nutrition journey for a long time. It started about, um, I guess, 20 years ago. And it was, didn't follow, as I said, certain diets. It was much more following my inner voice of picking what would be appealing to me. And um, I've been suggesting that to people who have had body challenges to, to take that as an additional idea to support well-being yeah i think you touched a few very very important uh points here as uh, starting with the restrictive diet caused by by uh, health issues mm -hmm. and then exp expanding this diet through checking in with with how your body was 
was feeling and how was processing that uh, nutrition that that food that you were giving it to, to the body and how how mindfully you could choose what to eat and what to avoid and yes. also how this impacted your overall well-being so the energy level and your emotional state i think that this is uh, as you said a journey that a lot of people go through because at some point they have some health issues yeah they are they are restricted by by a very very rigid diet sometimes and they they even begin to sometimes hate the the food they are eating even up until that point they maybe enjoyed it yeah but through through this mindfulness and this awareness of, on the body and testing different kinds of foods not eating it all at once and maybe do, doing something damaging for for the body and for the whole well-being but also introducing different nutrients that are congruent to the, the overall well-being may be a, a way for some or all of us to, to gain more, more health, actually. Because as, as one Chinese saying goes, that let food be your medicine. Yeah, I love let food be your medicine. I love that. Thank you for um, that comment. Yeah, I, I do believe that's my medicine. And I want to point out, it's a very subjective journey. You know, I, the, the rules I found out that were helpful, subjective to me was less white sugar. I, I'm not able to completely let go of all white sugar, but I definitely pay attention to it. So the white poisons, I'm, I'm eating a lot less white sugar. I pay attention to that. I had a period of my life where I would not drink any alcohol at all. I periodically for maybe a little celebration, I would have a little glass of wine or something, but I'm definitely paying attention to the poison of alcohol. So I almost don't drink that because I know it's not good for me. I was, I'm paying attention to, um, to any fat that's from animal fat. And so I, I do cook more with olive oil rather than butter. I'm not saying I'm completely cutting it out, um, but I'm definitely reducing animal fat. Then the other criteria that I found out to be really helpful for my body was no meat. I'm not eating any meat. I've been a vegetarian um, for almost over a decade now. And I just noticed that that's a lot healthier for my body. I used to get um, body pain, uh, bone pain as a side effect of Lyme disease. and um, as I reduced um, animal fat and letting go of meat, and I do eat sometimes fish, but very rare, so almost no, no animal at all, um, that was just really helpful for my body. I was always testing out things and then sensing, oh, that's really good. Um, so I'm tilting towards vegetarian, tentatively towards plant-based food. And um, that seems to be a good recipe for my body in terms of health, energy level, and emotional balance, and also good medicine for thoughts. Um, so that's, that's been my journey. And exercising and moving, uh, using nutrition, nurturing ways of exercising my body, nurturing ways of moving my body was another layer um, to this self-discovery journey. 
And then I realized I was talking to a friend who was a, who was a nutrition expert. And she said, the way you, um, the way you change your diet, the way you eat is actually following some rules by tending to eat more, um, basic metabolized food. Meaning a lot of times we have, have it on the, on the PA, um, on the way you, you absorb it and metabolize. A lot of times we tend to be too, too sour. So it's either way neutral or on the, is that, ba is that the right word, basic? Acid and basic, I think it's. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's neutral or to this side. Or alkaline or something. Exactly, exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So that's the ten tentative side that I'm tilting towards. And it's, it seems... I mean, I haven't been, you know, haven't been sick. I had not had a flu in, in a long, long time. My immune system is pretty strong and, and I'm exposed to usually, not right now, but usually to a lot of people that may be sick and, you know, catch different things at times. And I've been, even through the winter season, been really healthy throughout this whole time and being feeling in good shape and I'm going through different time zones, so I'm traveling and, and, you know, so there's time differences and my body seems to be really able to make good adjustments to the time zone differences. And that gave me a lot of proof that listening to my inner voice of the body and making good decisions to what nutrition to pick was a really good journey so i went from authority somebody told me this is what you're supposed to do and that wasn't very helpful because it didn't fit my my body type to have my own inner decision um, that really helped me subjectively to come to a good conclusion and um yeah and I'm, you know i heard people say oh once you get into the area of menopause, your weight will shift and change. And I'm in that period right now and my weight is still the same. So I'm, I'm, I believe that's also probably a connection to that as well, because it's still from the inside making nutritional decisions. Yeah. We discussed in our podcast about the, the return home to, to the body, how we can use some simple practices to train our our awareness and start to live a more mindful connection to our body. And this is also the case with nutrition and how we nurture not only our body, but our emotional body, our mental body, because we, we don't, don't just uh, ingest food as uh, bread or sugar or something else. Yeah. It's, it's a, a complex that is of tastes, of smells, of colors, of yeah. uh, states, how, uh, how we perceive what we eat. Because uh, something 100% uh, organic can, can look in a certain way that is not very appealing and can cause us, uh, actually can cause our, our physical body more stress than sugar bite. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yes. You know, for me, the, the, I guess the full experience is actually touching all the resources, all the universal resources we've been touching upon already in the podcast in terms of returning home to all these different elements. If I think of nutrition, I think of um, having great company with me 
you know, have somebody um, where I share a meal with. So I, I nurture a good communication while I'm having a good meal. So I'm thinking about social interactions and a nurturing com conversation while sharing a meal. I think in the preparation of it, of lots of sensory-based, detailed, aesthetic um, creations. So I like a lot of colors. For example, when I create a salad that I really enjoy, um, there's tomatoes in it, there's cucumber in it, there's different types of colors of salad in it. There may be um, a little bit of cheese or you know, the, the alternative of vegan cheese to it. And so I'm, I'm looking at having a lot of color so it's entertaining also to my senses, to my eyes and, and stimulating a lot of different flavors. I like to put on some music that I enjoy um, while I'm cooking. I like to, um, you know, almost create a little ritual space so that I take some time in the cooking. So it's a whole procedure. And I like to decorate my, my, my table in a nice way. So it's appealing, it's inviting, it's nice. And so there are um, a lot of elements that I find in sharing a meal that have additional nurturing aspects to it. And then to me, it's something that's really complete. And then the other side is um, taking the time to to really take a bite and, and taste the different flavors that I'm tasting and looking at the colors that I'm, I can see. So really allowing some additional time to really enjoy not just the preparation, but also the taking in of the food. Because I believe if you create food with love, it tastes like love. And if you take it in like love, I think the way the food is processing in your body is with sending love to you and I'm not saying that I'm always capable of doing it I have those moments where I'm just putting something in and I'm not eating but what I'm saying is I'm becoming so much more aware that I want to do less of the just taking stuff in and be more mindful and more kind to myself to create this whole space that is nurturing when I take nutrition in because my body is my temple, as we said in the early ones. And if I want to treat that as my temple, it comes with respect. It comes with timing. It comes with, you know, decorating the whole house in a nice way. And, and whatever I put into my body is how I treat my body, how I, how I honor my body. And I had to learn to do that. I wasn't there always. I really had to learn to treat my body also with nutrition in a, in a friendly way. Befriend my body through befriending nutrition and, and being excited about that discovery. And that was a new journey for me. I wasn't much educated in nutrition. So I had to educate myself to myself. It's a very interesting way how this connection to our body and our nutrients and uh, the food that we eat and how we eat it creates a more mindful life for for yes. us and also it extends gradually to to our relationship because as having a meal is actually a, a social interaction yeah it's also creating mindfulness in in that interaction so in in yeah. that that uh, relationships and um in in those relationships 
and also creating up a context which is very different than the context when you only eat processed food that is put in, in the microwave for three minutes or so and then eat it while watching TV or something. So it, it's a, a complete different setup. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there are two things that come to my mind. One is um, I heard that there's there's study been done that um, eating disorders dramatically drop when meals are shared in a in a relationship, are shared in company. It increases when when meals are taken in alone, isolated. That's why I actually find these times quite disturbing. Because one of the delights I have personally is inviting somebody maybe for a Sunday brunch and have this really nice extended big table where you can eat from one to the next and extend the time and unfold a conversation. And, and I find that's um, something really nurturing on so many levels. Um, I was really disturbed hearing um, one of my friends is one of the frontline people um, working. He's a paramedic and working in the emergency um, area and they have such high stress right now um, that basically um, he's not because you know of what needs to be done but then also regulations that are on top adding additional pressure and um, he is telling me so many times he has no time to eat and if he you know he's starving he's really hungry after hours because there's no way to take a break. And then he's just putting some food in, already knowing while he's doing it that it's not really anything good, but, but it's just this unconscious act. And, um, and it makes me really sad. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I have this big meal that I just created and it's a really healthy meal with all these veggies and great stuff and it tastes really good. Can I? Can I give you some extra of that? Because I want to make sure that, you know, you're doing such great work and, and, and nurturing others with your presence. And, and, and I, I hope you can take some nurturing into yourself too. And that begins with food. Yeah. And maybe now it's a, it's a good time for a lot of people to come back to old ways of cooking and yeah. eating and create uh, new old habits yeah. <laughs> about nutrition and about creating relationships within their families because a lot of people now are, are inside together with, with the families. And if in the past few years or months they were just eating separately at, at separate times, now they, they can join and eat together and be together at the same time at the same table which is a very new thing for for a lot of people as i as i hear stories about people that uh, have never spent so much time together in families in years maybe yeah i mean that is a positive potential i see that we remind ourselves of of if you wish of good old days where the table in the kitchen or the table in the living room was the family community gathering and then um, having these regular times where you would get together and share a meal together, which is breakfast, lunch, and then dinner. And it seems that that has come out of fashion in our 
very busy times. And I do highly recommend at least to, um, you know, make a little gathering, a family community gathering for one core meal. And depending on what ages on the family could, you know, you could maybe rotate and say that, you know, maybe there's a 15 year old, like, okay, now's your turn. And, and, you know, you are the master of our meal of the family, you're in charge and you can do anything that you desire to feed us. And, and if you do it, then our job is to, to enjoy whatever we get presented. So we're not going to complain. Maybe we can give recommendations of what we would like next time in addition or um, but that, that you also take charge and maybe t take turns. But really make an, a, an effort to say, let's meet at a specific time at the shared table and share a meal together and everybody can take turns of preparing something interesting. And if somebody's not so so trained yet, then I, I guess a good guideline could be uh, whatever you bring, we're going to appreciate that you made an effort and uh, we will take it in as, as a nice effort and, and there's always room for improvement because sometimes people get frustrated when they give it a go and then it's not good enough. So there's all these unhelpful, not very nurturing comments. Um, so my guideline would be if somebody is doing something new, give them um, an appreciative feedback for the try and, and, and then we can help each other to improve the skills so that it's, um, that we can all take turns, but sharing a meal that is delicious and sharing the space together where we can communicate and share what's happening for us is a really good ritual to do. And it used to be like that. And I think we've forgotten about those, ritual times and it's something very helpful to remember it's not outdated in my book i think this is something really nurturing to do on many levels so i highly recommend it yes as it nurtures not only our our need for social interaction but also for good energy and good spirits and good states and we learn by practicing this and turning them in, into habits that our actually food quantity that we eat de decreases significantly. Even sure. if it appears to be different, we eat, as you said, more and tend to gain a lot more weight when we eat alone than when we eat together with other people. It's also a way of compensating different other aspects of our lives yeah i think the two differences are if i'm mindlessly eating if i'm just taking food in fast i'm not i'm not paying attention to when is enough enough that comes with i'm i'm conscious of now i'm feeling full and that's where i can stop and the more i'm alone i'm i'm, I'm just doing it without paying attention to it and um, I think the second piece is food can sometimes be um, a method of numbing. I'm not feeling very good about myself uh, emotionally or something. And then I start numbing and putting food in. That is more a way of addictively using food to fill in a void. Uh, and the method I'm really talking about is much more my body knows what it enjoys and what would be really enjoyable and, and nurturing. 
And that comes with a different attitude, that comes with a different consciousness, I'm more aware. And it also comes with slowness. I guess what I want to point out is um, when I'm eating this way, when I'm really aware of those elements, that I'm doing it a lot more slow. Give you an example. When I, not right now, but I, when I'm in a restaurant, I may open the menu and I look through the menu. Maybe my one side of me may say, oh, French fries. I want to get French fries. I love French fries. And um, that may be a very fast pick. And there may be times when I say, I just want these French fries, for God's sake. I, I know I, my body doesn't feel happy with it afterwards, but I'm going to go for it for now. So I'm, I'm making this conscious decision maybe to pick something that's not totally great for me, but I enjoy it for that moment. But if I make a more mindful um, pick from a menu, I usually just scan the whole thing and look, and then I usually get, if I just listen internally, I usually get a body feedback that will actually tell me, yes, that is something that I can digest today really, really well. We just have to pay attention to it. Everybody has those signals. If we allow to take from the menu the signal to the body in and 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 cultivate listening to our yes and no signals i know french fries is a no signal for me on a body level but i love them so sometimes it's it's feeding another another aspect of me so i'm willing to pay the price if you wish but if i do mindful eating i would probably go for a choice that says hummus salad vegetables and I know when I take it in that my body feels um, vital and happy and alert and, and just satisfied. And, and that's a better way of fueling my body and actually really honoring as a temple. And yeah, so those would be some practical ideas how to listen. After all, it, it's all in, in the balance and keeping the balance the, the proper balance because yes. between eating the right food at the right time in the right context sort of speak and the way we feel within our bodies how healthy do we feel emotionally physically in in all aspects of, of our being and if that means eating maybe french fries sometimes it's perfectly okay yeah, maybe if that means you know, drinking smoothies for a month, that may be also okay. But as long as we are are mindfully doing that and we know what we are doing, and yeah. we are doing it for, I think that that may be yeah. a way. Yeah, I, I think you stated that so beautifully. There are two practical aspects for me. One is that every extreme, every you know. Every extreme makes things rigid. If I say, oh, only plant food, plant-based food, if that's my, that's my direction, that may be a little bit too extreme for me because there may be times when I really enjoy to eat a piece of cheese or eat um, an egg for now. But if I allow myself to say I'm, ten I'm tilting towards that direction, then for me personally, that's a better way to make a choice and to stay on track. So I'm, and I'm not speaking for other people, for other people having one big plan and follow the plan, that may be the right direction. For me personally, 
it's easier for me to say I'm tilting this direction and that's fine. And that also includes sometimes I may eat, uh, eat chocolate, even though it's not so good for me and it's white sugar. Sometimes I drink a glass of wine because I enjoy the atmosphere and it's cultivating something else for me, even though I may know a glass of wine doesn't sit fully perfectly in my body. I may tilt to the French fries. And when I do that, and I think that's the critical point, I do it with permission. So I say, now that was my choice. And it's okay that I made the choice and I'm not going to punish myself for it. I'm just going to be with it to friendly say, hey, there's a part of you that really wanted some French fries today. And that doesn't mean that I will continue to eat French fries every day. It's just this one time and then I can let it go again. So I find also to friendly, befriendedly looking at the parts that have been chosen these things that may not be great at all times. Um, that's another element to be nutritionist and the way of self-talking or self-assessing. And I find a friendly self-assessment is rounding up the nutrition choice in terms of that being nurturing to the larger system. So I guess that's the last comment I want to make to that. Great comment. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Eva, for your presence today and for everything that you shared with us. And we'll definitely see you for our next time together. Yeah, it's, yeah. Thank you for asking um, the questions, and I and thank you so much for the Chinese expression. I loved that you said that food is our medicine. Um, that's really very helpful. I agree. And that was our today's episode of the Return Home podcast series with Eva Biprecht. We would love you to share with us what has touched you while listening to our conversation and also what are the topics you would like to discover more about. We hope you enjoyed our journey so far and continue to be on board with us. So stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, we wish you all the best and don't forget to stay healthy, centered and connected.